Welcome to Steadfast Hope. This is Kent Stainback right here. I'm Steve Lawson. We're coming to you from Herb's house, a coffee shop in Dallas. And I've got a great devotion for us to Kent. Now, sometimes I just think this. What does Kent need to hear? Oh, I'm self-talking. <laughs> What is so hard what, is, what is Kent? You're diverting here. <laughs> what does Kent need for his That's Christian fine. life? Okay? I need everything. Okay, so so this Let's hear it. amazingly in God's providence, this is the next verse as yeah. we're going through John Good. 17. Good. Good. So that th- I am. So, this is such an answer to prayer for your Christian life. <laughs> Kent. I need it. So the title of this is becoming holy. Yeah. Becoming holy. I need it. I'm number one. <laughs> So Jesus, as he prays, he has a dominant request that he brings before the Father Mm -hmm. and intercedes Mm -hmm. on behalf of the disciples, Mm -hmm. even you and me, Kent, Mm -hmm. and I need this more than you need this. He prays in John 17, 17, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Mm -hmm. First of all, this is a prayer that's being answered right now. Every prayer that Jesus offered, um, Jesus said, Father, I thank you that you always hear me Mm -hmm. in John 11. And so you and I are being sanctified um, progressively throughout our Christian life for many different reasons, but one of which is Jesus prayed that you and I would be growing in personal holiness Mm -hmm. And that you and I would be coming more and more conformed to his very image. <clears throat> and this is a prayer that Jesus offers for all of his disciples. And it is a, a prayer that is effectual with the Father. It, it is being answered for every Christian. So to sanctify them as he prays this, what that means is literally make them more holy. I mean, they've already begun this journey uh, of, of, of following Christ and walking with him. But none of us have arrived, have we? Mm-hmm. There's still so much more in my life, your life, where we need to become more like Christ in our thoughts, our attitudes, our actions, our reactions, our words, our priorities, etc. And And in our need to grow in grace... Jesus recognizes this, and he, and he prays, sanctify them. Literally, it means purify them. Set them apart even more from the, the forces of this world and set them apart unto yourself. God is holy, and he's praying that we would become more like our Father who, who is in heaven. Sanctify them, and how is this going to take place, mm-hmm. Kent? Well, through the truth of the Word of God, Mm. uh, the Word of God has so much power Mm. to replicate the holy message that's that's in the Bible, that as we're in the truth of the Word of God, it, it has an extraordinary influence in our life, and it makes an impact in us. And, and, and so he says, sanctify them in the truth, the truth about God, uh, the truth about ourselves, the truth about Christ, uh, the truth about our need for grace, 
the truth about our need to discipline ourselves for the purpose of godliness, the mm-hmm. truth about our need to resist temptation, to flee uh, temptation, uh, to take on the full armor of God. I mean, we need this truth if we're going to be sanctified. And sanctification does not take place in a vacuum. It, it, it takes place in the life of one in which the Word of Christ richly dwells in that person. And there's a fundamental principle of life, Kent, that like produces like. So the truth of the Word of God produces the holiness of God in us. And by contrast, if all you do is surf the internet and watch TV all day, then you're going to be under the spell of a worldly influence and a worldly agenda. And so it underscores the extreme importance of being in the Word of God. And I I think of Psalm 119, Mm -hmm. verses 9 and 11. How shall a young man keep his way pure? By keeping it according to your word. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. So there, there is power in the word of God when it is sown like seed into a receptive heart that has been prepared by the Holy Spirit. It, it, that seed germinates and it brings forth the fruit uh, of a godly life. Mm-hmm. So, Kent, that's why we do steadfast hope. That's why we don't just talk about whatever's going on in the world. We, we get into the Word of God. We take a passage of Scripture. We get into it because that's what we all need for our spiritual lives if we're going to become more like Christ. So, well, for, for our viewers, will you explain the difference uh, between positional sanctification and mm-hmm. progressive sanctification when we're saved yeah. and then we're still here? What, what, is, what is that? Yeah. And then there's also perfected sanctification. Sure. There, there's these fir- three areas. You and I talked about that last night on yeah, the phone. Did. Yeah, we did. Positional sanctification is when we are regenerated and converted, and God takes us out of the world mm-hmm. and places us in Christ. Mm-hmm. And at that moment, we were crucified with Christ, mm-hmm. dead to our old way of life, We have been resurrected now with Christ to live a new way of life, and the power that sin once had over our life as our dominant master, that power is crushed and broken. Now, it's still powerful, but it's not the power that once ruled our life. Christ is now that power. But positional sanctification is we are placed into Christ, taken out of the world, and no longer under the the dominant sway that once we once were slaves of sin, mm-hmm. now we are slaves of righteousness and slaves of Christ. So that's a one-time act. It happens only one time at the moment of conversion, positional sanctification. Then that starts immediately progressive sanctification that takes place over the course of our entire Christian life. Mm-hmm. As step by step by step, we increasingly become more and more conformed into the image of Jesus Christ. And there are things being removed from our lives, uh, attitudes, uh, 
words, choices, and there are things now being added to our life, uh, deeper convictions in the truth, um, uh, deeper desire to follow after Christ. Um, and we never arrive throughout our Christian life. Uh, we're always pressing on to the upward call of God in Christ, forgetting what lies behind, reaching forward to what lies ahead. That, that's our whole Christian life. Until the day that we die or Christ returns, at that moment, we will be immediately, fully, completely, as much as a redeemed saint can be, um, made fully into the image of Christ. That's glorification. That's perfected sanctification. So, Kent, you've asked a huge question, and I'm sorry to take all this time, but, but that's a flyover, mm-hmm. positional, progressive, perfected sanctification. All right, so I'm going to follow up. I remember 40 years ago, I had a man tell me something came up about confessing sin. He said, Kent, you don't need to confess your sin. You've already been forgiven. Jesus has already forgiven you. Is he blurring the lines there on on positional and progressive sanctification? Yeah, he, he really doesn't understand the full counsel of God. He, he, he has pulled out a couple of verses as though that's all that the Bible has to say. We need to make a distinction in, in the area of forgiveness between eternal forgiveness and temporal forgiveness. The moment we're converted and we're put into Christ, we have eternal forgiveness from the penalty of sin. There is now, therefore, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. He he has separated our sins from us as far as the east is from the west. That is a one-time act by God. It will never be replicated again. Throughout time and eternity, we are completely forgiven Mm -hmm. by the grace of God in Christ. Mm -hmm. However, we continue to sin as Christians, Mm -hmm. do we not? Mm -hmm. And we are taught, even in the Lord's Prayer in the Sermon on the Mount, to confess our sins, and that if we don't confess our sins, the Lord will not forgive us. So what is that talking about? Well, we need temporal forgiveness, which means as a Christian who has received eternal forgiveness, nevertheless, I still need to confess my sins to God. And if I don't, there will be loss of joy. There will be loss of peace. There will be loss of spiritual power. There may be loss of ministry. There may be loss of life Hmm. if we do not confess our sins uh, and receive parental forgiveness, temporal forgiveness. And the best example I can give, Kent, on this is in John chapter 13, when Jesus washed the feet of his disciples, and Peter says, well, Lord, if I need if I need this, then give me a bath. W- wash the whole of me, not just my feet. And Jesus said, no, Peter, you've already had a bath. That's good. All you need is your feet washed. Oh, that's right. And so the truth of that is you've already, through the washing of regeneration, had all your sins washed away through eternal forgiveness. But as you walk through this world, you're getting your feet dirty, and you are tripping and falling and stumbling. You need to come to me and have your feet 
washed, not your whole body and have another bath. You don't need to be saved again, but you do need to have your feet washed and you do need to ask, confess your sin and receive the Lord's forgiveness for a temporal forgiveness. It doesn't affect your eternal destiny, but it does affect your Christian life until you... (laughs) Until you reach heaven. And that's part of our growing in sanctification. Absolutely it is. Absolutely. And your growing in sanctification will be significantly hindered if you are not continually confessing your sins and asking for God's forgiveness. And you may say, well, so how often do I need to confess my sin? Here's the answer, Kent. As often as you're made aware of it. Yeah. As often as you um, are convicted of it, or your conscience is is alerted and awakened right then and there. Ask for the Lord's forgiveness. Ken, if you had a pebble in your shoe and you're walking from here over to the football stadium several blocks away, do you think you would wait until you got to the stadium to take the pebble out of your shoe? Don't you think you would just stop right now, sit in a chair, and just shake the pebble out so you can walk without the discomfort? It's the same way it is with unconfessed sin in our life. We, we need to stop right then and confess it. Well, thank you for joining us for Steadfast Hope. This is extremely practical for our Christian lives, and I'm so glad that you have joined us. If we can provide more resources for you, which we can, you'll note onepassion.org is on the screen at the bottom, and you can go and listen to all of our episodes of Steadfast Hope, as well as countless other resources. They're all free uh, for you to take advantage of. So go to onepassion.org. Well, God bless you. Thank you for joining us today for Steadfast Hope.